I just want to tonight just kind of give you a sense of what we're, what we're doing here tonight. We began putting together our Good Friday service, and one of the things that we wanted to do tonight was to boast in the cross. Like, we've, we've done all different types of services and, and so forth, but I think one of the things that really stood, stood out to us were uh, some passages like Galatians 6.14 that says, But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Or uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. There's this, this idea of like, this is the biggest thing, this is the most important thing. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul goes on and on that this is of first importance. And it's more than just kind of just mourning the loss of somebody, but it's, it's something beyond that. And I was thinking this week of, of you know, what, do I really understand the cross? Do I really get it? Do I, um, when, I when I think about the cross, am I, am I thinking about boasting in the cross? Can I say with the Apostle Paul that, like, that's the biggest thing that I, that I want, that I want to communicate, like, that, like, that's what I want people to know about more than anything else. And I, uh, I, I was kind of going through my heart and just kind of trying to figure that out. And I was trying to answer the question, like, why don't we, as Christian people, always really get that? Like, people of the cross, why do we, why do we not really get the idea that, the, that we're to boast in the cross? Like, there's this celebration of Jesus going to the cross. And I think sometimes it's because we've really just kind of missed something. We've missed kind of the crux of the issue, and we haven't really connected it in some ways. And so I was... Uh, reading a story that someone had sent me this last week thinking it would be good uh, over Good Friday. And uh, the story is about a young man by the name of Emmett Till. In 1955, he's a 14-year-old black uh, young man, and he is from Chicago. And he traveled from Chicago, and he went to go uh, spend time with his cousin and their family. And uh, they live in, in Money, Mississippi. And so uh, Emmett Till went, traveled there, and he was uh, spending time with his cousin and, and his friends, and he began to tell him all about his, all of his white uh, girlfriends back home. And his friends, his cousin and, and his friends were very shocked because uh, you don't make eye contact with white people down in Mississippi in 1955 if you're black. And so they thought that that was interesting. Well, they went to the grocery store one day, and and walked in, and there happened to be a white young woman who was uh, behind the counter, 21 years old, and she was married. And so his friends be, began to say to him, hey, why don't you, why don't you go uh, work your magic kind of a deal? And, and so Emmett decided to start uh, flirting with her and, and talked with her and, and uh, began to converse and so forth. Anyway, they, they checked out and, and began to walk out, and s somebody whistled, or he whistled, or uh, made a pass at her. And anyway, uh, they went home. And uh, a few days later at 2 a.m., um, two men came to the door and took him at gunpoint out of the house, two white men. And um, they severely hurt him. Uh, the, the story gets graphic, but they, they severely hurt him and ended his life and then threw him in the Tallahatchie River. 
And the sheriff found this young man, Emmett Till, uh, three days later and uh, boxed up his body and, and sent it to Emmett's mother. And Emmett's mother received the body and could not recognize him. And so she made a proclamation, and that was that there would be an open casket funeral for Emmett because she, quote, says, I want the whole world to see what they did to my boy. And so people were like, said to her, you don't really want to do this? And she said, no, I'm going to do it. And so the picture made it all the way into Jet Magazine and ultimately ended up helping to launch the civil rights movement, so much so that three months later in Montgomery, Alabama, Rosa Parks refused to go to the back of the bus when she was ordered to do so. And she pointed to Emmett Till and what happened to him and said, uh, the reason why I didn't move was because of that, was because of that. So here you have this horrific thing that happened, and yet it sparked one of the greatest movements in our society. And Emmett Till unwittingly was a hero, and not, not on purpose, was uh, ultimately put to death. And as a result, something amazing came out of it. But what we miss is this, is that Jesus, as our movement leader, purposefully went to the cross, was brutalized to the point where he was unrecognizable himself, and was killed on that cross. And just like with the civil rights movement, how they pointed back to that and they said, uh, kind of remember Emmett, remember what he has gone through, this has got to stop. Well, Jesus is somebody that we're not mourning as Christians, we're not mourning the loss of our leader. We're, we're sorrowful over what he went through, but at the end of the day, what happens is this, is that Jesus' death on the cross is our greatest hope. It brings hope to us in a way that we can't possibly imagine, but why do we as Christians not get it? Why are we not seeing a civil rights movement type thing happen in, in our midst sometimes, but why has Christianity taken off ever since the death of Jesus Christ on that cross? What took place? It's because people got it, and what did they get? They got the reality of who they were before Jesus went to that cross. They got the reality. And this is why Paul says, I resolve to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. I, I'm only going to boast in the Lord. This is of first importance that Jesus was crucified for us. They got it. Well, what did they get? Well, if you were to look in, in Romans, Romans has a great progression of, of verses that I think are, are very illuminating. They definitely are illuminating as to what the gospel is. And I think for those of us that know this, um, this is really great review. For those of us that don't, this may be a really great moment for you. In the book of Romans, the apostle Paul, he's, he's pouring out what it means to really understand what Jesus has done on the cross. And so he's saying it's, it's not just kind of these words that just say that Jesus saved me, but there's, there's meaning behind these words. What am I being saved from? In Romans 1.16 and 17, Paul starts his case and he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel 
And that's the story of Jesus going to the cross. His life, his death, his resurrection. He's saying, I'm not ashamed of this good news because in the context of this good news is the power of God. And that power of God is for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So what, he's, what he just said there is he said, listen, there is something that's available through this story, through Jesus going to the cross, there's something that's available. And what it means for me and what it means for you is that it's righteousness. It's like all of a sudden that I would be seen as though I'm a good person even though I know some things about my past. A lot of times people try to say this. They say, I'm too bad to be saved. Or they say, I haven't done enough uh, wrong to require or to necessitate being saved. But what Paul goes on to say in Romans 3 verse 10 is he says, as it is written, no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And what he is saying there is he's saying this. He's just talked about people who are obviously sinful. Like we look through our society and we see people who are, are, that we can point out like they're doing bad things, they're doing bad things. But then he goes on to like the religious people and he says, you are just as messed up. And so what Paul is saying, what Jesus is saying, is he's saying this. There's nobody who does good. There's no one who does good things. There's no one who does good things enough for God to save them. Like, so he's saying, there's no way that you can get to God on your own. Like, you're not good enough. But then he's kind of bringing relief, and he's saying, the reason why you need the gospel is because you're not good enough. And he says, but now the righteousness of God, in Romans 3.21, he says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. And what he means by this is he's saying that the righteousness of God is available apart from doing good things, obeying the Ten Commandments. God's goodness is available apart from the law. He says, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So here's the thing. Christians who've heard this story a million times, New Christians who've barely even heard the story, people who've never quite put their faith in Jesus Christ, this is for you. Paul says that the gospel isn't just something that you start with. The gospel is everything. I resolve to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm only going to boast in the Lord and in what he has done. And so somebody who's going to understand God and somebody who does understand God has to wrap their brain around this one thing. And that is this, is that when Jesus went to the cross, he's not a movement leader that died. And as a result, we've got to carry this on. No, he's a movement leader that intentionally died. And what he accomplished in six hours from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. would have taken us eternity to accomplish in hell. 
Why do I need righteousness? Because the penalty, the wages of sin is death. It's eternal death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And the gift of God only comes to us through Jesus going on that cross. And what happens on that cross is this, is that God is showing us his glory. He's showing us how good he is. And Christians, if you want to know what it means to be a God-fearing, somebody who's on fire for Jesus, you look at the cross and you say, that's mine. He did that for me, and I celebrate it. I don't just mourn what he went through. I celebrate how he went to the cross because he wants me to. He did it on purpose. Emmett Till did it on accident, but Jesus did it on purpose, and he did it for you and for me and for all those who will believe. See, the Christian faith is received by believing, having a heart that believes. But sometimes, Christians, we stop allowing that to resonate in our hearts. We stop allowing the gospel and the cross to resonate in our hearts. Good Friday isn't a mandate. It's not a command. All it is is this. It's what humanity has put together to say, we need to remind ourselves of how good this is. Do you know how good the gospel is? Do you know how amazing it is? Do you boast in the cross of Christ? Do you boast in what he's done for you? Do you celebrate it? Jesus wants you to. And that's what we're here doing tonight. In just a few uh, moments, we're going to sing together. Again, we're, uh, the band is going to sing a song. We're going to pass out the, the elements. If you're a believer, we want to ask you to participate. And what we're going to do is we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper together, both his, his body and his blood. That's what these things represent. And so uh, at the end of the song, I'm going to come back up here, and we're going to partake of this together. I'll lead us through this. But let me pray for us as we uh, go into the Lord's table. Lord Jesus, we ask that, Lord, that you would allow us to have a deep sense of going to the, having gone to the cross for us. Lord, that we would celebrate what you've done. Lord, that we would lift up your name. And Lord, that we would boast in you. Lord, for those of us that don't know what that means, Lord, I pray that we would find out what that means. Lord, that we would trust you, put our faith in you, that we'd say that my only hope of goodness, my only hope of friendship is because what Jesus did on the cross for me, that God was gracious to me on that cross as Jesus bled out. So Lord, we ask you for this. We pray that it would become real to us. And it's in your incredible name that we pray. Amen.